0: again ha- happy mother 's Day We are excited that you 're here um, i don 't know why, but God just has not allowed me yet to like just do like a mother 's day message um, so uh, which which personally I think um, what's what 's even greater than trying to just do like a Mother's Day message, like specific little messages like that, is that we just open up God's Word and let God's Word just, man, just do work on hearts. Whether you're a mother, a father, a kid, a a worker, whoever you are, just um, the the way that that I look at it and view it is is this, is that um, when God's Word is opened and proclaimed and truth is made known, man, the Holy Spirit works. And so regardless of where you're at, um, it's gonna do work on you. So I think this is Um, As I do every year, I think probably this is one of my best Mother's Day messages um, just because it's Mother's Day 2021 and we're here right now. And so, um, uh, and it's God's Word. And so, I'm I'm excited just to jump into God's Word. And we're in the middle of this uh, little series uh, on John 3.16. Uh, so if you have your Bible, uh, grab that. That's where we're going to be this morning. And we're just going to continue to look at what, what I think is probably the most well-known Bible verse of all time. The most uh, uh, quoted Bible verse, the most um, searched Bible verse, the most probably printed uh, Bible verse on t-shirt. I mean, it, it's just, it's so just uh, huge. Uh, out there. I mean, it's the first one we memorize. We know it's our go-to verse if we have to say one. It's just, I mean, just just, just packed with so much meaning and truth and the weight of this verse. And I just don't want us uh, as followers of Christ to miss uh, to miss what what this verse is saying, what what this verse really means, because it's it's more than just some little kitty verse that you learn uh, in in children's church and then kind of move on from. But it's it's a verse that is just packed with so much uh, truth and uh, and just just deepness of who our God is. And so, I don't want us to miss that. And so, uh, we're going to walk through it. And then once we finish, I believe next week, uh, 16, we'll kind of venture on uh, and finish the chapter of John uh, 3 here. There's just, again, the verses following uh, 16. is just, is, is so sweet and good uh, as... Well, so just to kind of give you um, a, a picture of where we are at last week, we look, uh, for God so loved the world, we're just highlighting words that, that He gave. God so loved the world uh, that He uh, gave. And so we looked at the reality of this giving, of our God, our Creator, our Sustainer, uh, uh, moving towards people. And so His love, His love, that's just who He is, it causes Him to, uh, to go after the world and to make an offer that is quite incredible. Uh, an offer like no other offer this world has ever known. Uh, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's it's there's not even words in the English language to try to articulate uh, what this offer really is and really means. Uh, to try to describe it, uh, it's, it's just, man, it's incredible. It's phenomenal. I, I mean, I can't even think of words. And so we looked at that last week and then we moved on and we looked at His only Son and what that meant. For God to give as a gift His Son and His Son and the weight of that. Jesus is the Son of God because He's always existed. There's not a start date and an end date with Jesus. He's eternal, everlasting. I mean, the, the, the things that we just sung, church, the weight of that, I mean, just points to the reality of who Jesus is. Uh, Hebrews says that He's the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature. And so Jesus is the Son of God. The son of God. And and that that meaning, he has the same divine nature. He's nothing less. He's eternal. Always been. That's who Jesus is. And so God gives him as a sacrifice for us. And so we'll get to two more parts today, this morning, and look at two more parts in this verse uh, here, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have uh, everlasting or eternal life. And so the two words that we're going to look at this morning is, is whosoever and believes in Him. Uh, whosoever and believes in Him, and we'll unpack that here in a few minutes. But um, uh, last week I had, uh, I had this package up here. And I'm just going to bring it back over here. And I know that it really um, man, got to some of you. Because I had this nice package. Well, I say it's a nice package. I wrapped it. It's, um, I had this package here. And I didn't say a word about it. It just sat there the whole time, and so I know it just kind of like rubbed you, like what's he doing, and, he's, and you probably didn't hear any of the sermon last week, I thought it was a really good sermon last week, uh, but you probably didn't hear any of it, so you can go back and you can find it on, online or on our app, and, and so today what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to help you out because I'm going to get to the package today. I mean, it's Mother's Day, right? We should have presents. Mother's Day, let's, let's do something. So, so, I've got the package today. We're going we're gonna to break into this package. We're going to uh, look at it. We're going to uh, talk about it. We're going to get into it um, and just really just see, uh, see what happens with this package. I'm just going to kind of just set this thing over here for a little bit. Let's put it right about right here. It looks good. We'll let that thing sit right there for a while. But, but I guess the question, I have, who, who likes gifts? Come on. I mean, who, I mean, yeah, hands up. Be proud. This is good. Okay. Who, likes, who would like to get a gift Okay, who would like to get a gift today? No hands. I want to see it. Not, I see the head Not Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we want gifts, right? We like. To uh, who would like to get this gift today? And, and there's stuff in it. Yeah, I see that hand. God bless you, sister. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, no, but really, like who, who, who wants this gift? Honestly. Let me see the hands. I mean, guys grow that. It's not like a Mother's Day only gift. Okay, good. All right, good, good. Um. Perfect. So, you, you, you want this gift, um, but there's a stipulation whether or not you get this gift. See, last time I like taped something up under the seat and we tried to find it and it, like this massive hunt in here. Uh, so, it's a little different this morning because the stipulations are a little bit different because I'm going to give this gift away. This gift is gone today and you will know finally, what in the heck is in that awful wrapped gift up there? in like brown butcher paper. I mean, who wraps a gift in brown butcher paper with duct tape? And like, it's not even like good duct tape. Like, I mean, they just like, I mean, it's, it's awful looking. And I, that's how I do my ends on Christmas because I'm just, I'm not a rapper and I'm not type A with that or OCD about it. My wife, on the other hand, makes them look pretty. And I'm like, baby, we're just going to bust anyways. Um, so, so, so the gift is gone. And I'm going to give, somebody's getting this gift today, but there's some stipulations. And so I, I would say probably everybody in here would want this gift, right? So, so, let's just do it one more time because I'm going to, i want to, it's going to be good how we're going to get this gift. So, so, who wants the gift? All right. So, the stipulation is this. You've got to come up here to receive this gift. Now, who wants the gift? Okay, good. So, the next stipulation is this. When you come up here, you're not just going to get the gift and get a walk away or to even get the gift and open the gift and we get to see your face. To get the gift, you've got to answer questions. Now, who wants the gift? Oh. Okay. All right. All right, so so you are prepared to get the gift, answering questions, talking, if, speaking. of talking in front of everybody. Let me go ahead and get this thing warmed up, um, just to make because we're like we're doing it. If we're doing it, we're doing it, right? Like I'm, I'm we're gonna we're gonna do this thing. Okay, so who wants the gift again? Stipulations. Pete, I saw your hand. Come on up here first, buddy. It's Mother's Day, and you get the gift. How does that work? God's grace, brother. God's grace. So Pete is coming up to get the gift. You see the gift. everybody sees Pete coming to get the gift i 'm just going to leave the gift sitting right here like you've looked at this gift for a while now it's been here two weeks that's, that's, nice. that's a gift isn't it that's, that, that's like, like if you had a choice, that gift looks really good though don 't it you did write that one. i didn't. I stuffed it. <laughs> Almost like you had no... <laughs> okay <laughs> so okay, so so because okay, so back back to. We're going somewhere. Just hang with, hang with me. Up. Um, all right. So, so, Pete, introduce yourself. What's your name? Pete Campbell. Pete Campbell. Pete, tell me, where are you from? Originally from New York. Originally from New York. Okay, good. From New York, down here now. Um, all, good, good, good. How long have you been coming to New Life? Five years. Five years? Good. Good, good, good. It's been been a better five years that you've been here. Right? Don't me. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, five years he's been here. Uh, good. Good. Uh, Pete, tell us... Tell us something about yourself that that maybe we don't know. Like a cool, do you have like a cool like talent? Do you have? <laughs> um, I'm a family man. Family uh, man. Okay, through good. through to my heart. Good. I love my family. Love God. Hey, that that is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Not really much about me. That's that's good. Good. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Well, well, Pete. The stipulations. You counted the cost. You thought about it. You're like, yeah, I'm still going to do this even if I have to get. And you didn't know what I was going to ask. You had no clue. No. Um, and I could keep going if I want to, do. Let's make no. a session. <laughs> <laughs> have a seat. No, but, but I want you to have the gift. Thank you. Go ahead and open it. The, the, you have to disregard the box. That's all I had. <laughs> right better than the, gift. <laughs> the box. Go ahead and take it out and show the people what you've won. Communion, Communion which is Jesus. So that's good a dollar a real dollar oh, it's real. all that shares except the box because katherine greg will get me if i don't keep that yeah i'll take that too yeah that, that could be used for a lot of other yeah that's good Well, good absolutely absolutely so, so that's that's the gift that he gets and he he counted the cost and he thought about it and he he's looked at it. it's been up here for a few weeks like you've, you've all kind of been you've seen it the, those type of things it's there it's there and then i introduce this other gift We'll get to that later. But, but there's this other gift, but there's this gift and, and he gets it and he counted the cost and he looked at it and, and he sees it and I just, as I read John three sixteen, as I think about God giving, it, it's kind of like that, like, like, like we know about his son, we've heard about him, we've, we've seen maybe him work in people or do things, or we've seen things happen and things big and small and, and everywhere in between and, and, and as I read this, I just, I just think about this because Pete, Pete did nothing to deserve that gift. Now you may not think that that gift's very good. But there's something about that gift. You just hang tight. Hang with me. There's something about that gift. Because I feel like that gift's probably going to get sweeter in time. But as I read John 3, 16, I just think about that. I mean, because think about the gift that God has given. He's given us Jesus. And though Jesus isn't flashy, not wrapped great. uh, He's probably a little bit better put together than this. And the world gets to see him. The world hopefully gets to see him through us. The world's heard about him. Some aren't willing to count the cost to, to take that gift, to have that gift. Some are. Some think that they are and probably don't because they're just hoping for what's in the gift. And, and kind of the same thing goes along with Jesus. But, but as I read this verse, as I, as I think about, for God so loved the world that he gave, I just, I just think, of, I think of Jesus, just that gift of, of who Jesus is. And though it doesn't seem like much from the, from the outside and the world doesn't think that as much, the, the gift of who Jesus is, like I said, is, is so big, so big. Once you understand really who Jesus is and, and what that means in that gift, and so, so I want us to continue to walk through that this morning. And look at this gift and talk about this gift and who gets this gift. And so I'm going to ask you if you'd pray and then pray with me and then we'll, we'll jump into it more and we'll, 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 we'll see where God takes us. Father, we, we need you. Jesus, we ask that you would <coughs> just move and speak in this place. God, make your presence known. I beg of you, make your presence known here. God, I ask that you would rescue and redeem lost. God, if there be someone here this morning that's never received this gift. God, that you would would awaken them to the reality of the gift being here. Maybe they've heard about it, maybe they've seen it from time to time, God, but they've they've never walked by faith into it. And so God, I just pray, Jesus, that you would move, speak, make your presence known. Father, say and do in this place whatever you need to. In your name we pray, amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him, whosoever, let's talk about that for a moment. Because see, in in the language here, the original language here, what what it means is it's all the believing ones. That's what what Jesus is saying here as he's talking to Nicodemus. Remember, this is a conversation followed up with with a man named Nicodemus. And he's talking to him and he says, for whosoever. So so he's just making reference to all the believing ones. In in other words, this this gift of Jesus that God offers to the world is for those who will believe. Uh, who will believe, who will come to faith. Uh, And we're going to go on and talk about that. Jesus says that. We're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. But but let's talk about the whosoever for a second. See, the, the whosoever here just links back to the world, to the lost ones, to the ones who will be born again. That's who Jesus is making reference to. For God so loved the world, who, the, 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 those who will come to know Him, those who are lost and in need of a Savior, that's who Jesus dies for, that's who He gives His life for. And so the question is this, because our world is, doesn't understand, our world thinks wrong, our world is, is off base with this. The question is, is everyone going to be saved through the atoning work of Christ? Is everyone going, the universalist would say Yes. Because Christ died for everyone and all the sins of humanity were laid upon Him and punished in Christ. So everyone will get a second chance. Everyone will get to spend eternity with God. And my question is, is, is the, I would love to go there. I would love to land at that place. But is that what Scripture teaches? Is that what God Himself says? If you want to inherit eternal life, he he gives there's a cost. There's, a, there's an understanding of who he is and, and what he has said and what he has done to, to make a way for us. So is that thought, is that train of thought, is that way of thinking or or living, is that right? You see, the Bible is clear that many people will be lost. Many so either either God doesn't know what he's talking about or the world doesn't know what they're talking about. And if I have to choose a place to land, I'm going with God. I mean, if you look at where we're at in our world, the thoughts and the ways and, 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 and where our world's at, I'm, I'm, I'm picking God every time. Uh, I, I mean, our, our world's a mess. It's a disaster. But God's not. God is orderly, even though maybe in the midst it doesn't appear that way. God is working and doing. God is thought out. God is uh, is good and loving and gracious. God is holy. God is just. And those are big, heavyweighty words that our world don't like to to, to look at or or, or understand what that means. But but I just want to read a few few scriptures for you. Just, Just listen. Matthew 7, 13 through 14 says this. It says, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad. That leads to what? To destruction. And there are many who enter through it so, destructions, lostness, separation from God, many will enter that way. He says, but for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And hear me, there are few who find it. That's Jesus talking. That's Jesus making those comments. That's Jesus saying those words. There's few who will find it. There's few who will obtain it. There's few who will, will, will experience eternal life in the presence of Jesus in a place called heaven. There's few is what Jesus says. Matthew 7, through 23 says this. <laughs> listen, listen to this. this. This is what this is what gets me. Matthew 7, 22 through 23 says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast demons out in your name? Did we not perform many miracles? I mean, you would think that that would be some evidence that, okay, maybe they're in. Maybe they're part. They're casting out demons. When was the last time you did that? Scott's getting crazy now. He's talking about demons. Church demons are real. Like you get, there, there are fallen angels. I mean, there's oppression. There's, there, there's much, there's much work that the evil one is doing right now. Much, And if we could pull back the curtain for just a moment, I believe the majority of what we face and what we see and what we're going through and, and the addictions and the, the, just the craziness of our day, the, the issues of our day, the things that are, that are happening and going on, I believe, I believe a lot of us just, just a spiritual warfare. And I believe we as a church are getting our teeth kicked in because we don't take this stuff serious. Oh, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy talk. That's no, there's no way. That, you're, you're, you're telling me you believe in… Yes, I believe in Satan. And I believe he's working overtime right now. I believe, I believe him and his, his demons, his fallen angels are, are, are wrecking havoc on us. I mean, the anxiety that we face, the panic that's in us, the uncertainty that we're, we're going through in our day, the worry how we try to fill everything else, all of our time, all of our energy, all of our stuff with, with things of the world, with kids, with jobs, with relationships, with this, with that. If it's just not working, go over here and try this. That's just Satan telling us and feeding us lies. I mean, if you watch TV for any amount of time, my goodness, the stuff that you could believe. If you're not rooted in truth, which my fear is I don't believe many are. I don't believe that many understand and know what God's Word says. And it's not because we're not educated people or we don't, we can't understand or we can't research or we can't, we've got the opportunity more now than we've ever had. And so they're casting out demons. They're performing miracles. What, what miracle did you perform this week? I mean, Jesus is saying this. I mean, this is, this is big, heavy stuff that they're doing. And then look at Jesus' response to them on that day. He says, i declare to them, I never knew you. Are you kidding me? But Jesus, I did all this stuff in your name. Jesus, I did this stuff in your name. I did this for you. I cast out demons. I did these miracles. I did all this stuff, and I attached your name to it. I mean, do we need to go back and get my phone that I left down there? That'll show you. I mean, we can pull it up. I got some of them bookmarked. March 3rd, February 17th, July. July's a big one because that's summer, and there's a lot of craziness that goes on in summer. Jesus, did you not, did you not look at him and say, I never knew you? I never knew you. I never knew you, is what he will say. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Church, that should shake us. See, see I believe that's why the Apostle Paul says that we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We need to look inward. We need to be searching. We need to be asking those questions. Not work for your salvation. That's not how this thing works. It's by faith. In Christ alone. It's by grace alone. But we, we need to ask those questions. We need to look inward. We need to check motives and heart. Is our faith in the right place? Why, why are we doing? Why, why did I act that way or not act that way or talk that way or do that? Did, did I do that for, for me or for appearance or for, or, or did I do that because, man, I've just got a real genuine love for the Lord and, and he's done a work in me and, he, and, he's, and he's just moved. And so the Bible is clear that there will be those that, that don't make it, that don't spend eternity with Jesus. And this is not me here to scare you. This is not me, okay, just let's try to bump some numbers up this week. We need to have a baptism in two weeks. It's not, no. I mean, I just want to lovingly ask you. Maybe not so much do you know Jesus, but does Jesus know you? And I'm not talking about just like knowing who you are. Like I'm talking about like, like relationally know you. And so I just, I just want to press here for a moment because church, church, we have no idea who God will awaken to the reality of their lostness. That are in that condition and need rescue, and so what we see here is that there'll be some that won't be saved, but that doesn't mean that we don't share. We just kind of close up shop, or we we just kind of give up, because God has made the promise of rescue. God has made the promise that He's going to work, and He's going to save, and He's going to ransom and redeem. And so we've got the great privilege of, of of knowing that our efforts aren't in vain, that we can't fail in that. Because it's not, it's not about us. It's about the Lord saving and working and doing. Like, like Romans 10, 14 says this. I, I just love this little portion of Scripture here. As Paul pens to the church in Rome, he says, How then will they call on Him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And Paul's not talking about pastors on a Sunday morning in a pulpit. He's talking about the followers of Jesus. Sharing and proclaim. Preaching here means to proclaim, to tell of. And how are they to preach unless they're sinned? It's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed that he has heard from us? So faith comes out by hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ. We've got the great privilege, church to share, to tell, to preach, to proclaim. God awakens hearts. God saves. God rescues. And that's how he does it. He uses us to proclaim to the whoever's of the world. And in that they hear the gospel and they're awakened to the reality of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done. Which brings us to the next part, which he, he says here, how, how will they believe? Look, for God so loved the world that what he gave his only son, that whosoever what believes in him. In him who? Him, his son. His son, Jesus. His son, Jesus is God. That's where our faith is placed. In Jesus Christ and who He is and what He has accomplished and what He has done. That's where faith goes. See, the book of the Bible that talks more than any other book about the saving effect of believing, and it never uses the noun faith or belief but it only uses the verb belief. And it does so 98 times is the gospel of John. This book that we're working through or this, these few verses that we're working through, this book contains that, that, that word belief. That verb. Why is that the case? Why, why does John do that? Why does he not use the noun form of it? But only the verb. is that. I believe what John's trying to do is show us that faith is not passive, but it's active. I believe that he's trying to teach us and show us that it's, that, that it's, that it's an active pursuit. Believe is not a one-time deal, but it's an ongoing continuation of pursuing and going after and, and placing my faith in who Jesus Christ is, what He's accomplished and done. Believing is the very nature of acting and acting of the soul and the heart. So then this believing in the soul, it produces another kind of action. See John 1, 11 through 13, it shows that this, this believing in the name of Jesus is interchangeable with receiving Jesus. (coughs) Listen for a second. John 1, 11, it says this. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, what? He gave the right to become children of God. There it is, that believing and receiving. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, receiving Jesus is what believing does. Taking Him in, putting your faith in Him, receiving Him, receiving that gift. So the soul is believing Jesus. And when it does that, it receives Jesus. And so this believing that saves is an act of the soul and it does that forever. It it does so forever. So so two questions for believing and receiving. And the first one is this, uh, what do we receive Jesus as? Uh, What does that mean? What does that look like? What, What is he talking about here? What do we receive Jesus as? Matthew 16, 13 says this, it says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? So he's got his disciples near and he's having this conversation with them. He, he's been out there for a while doing some things. And he asks them that gut wrenching question: Who's oh, everybody else say that I am? And so they, they respond. In 14, they say: Some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then Jesus does that thing and he looks at them and he says: But who do you say that I am? Church, who do you say that Jesus is this morning? Who have you believed him to be? And it's not a one-time thing back at youth camp. It's not a one-time thing back seven Easter's ago. It's not a one-time. No, it's a continuation. It's an active uh, continuation. So Jesus asks that gut-wrenching question and then you have Simon Peter, right? Simon Peter steps up to the plate and he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Man, what a statement. The reality packed within that. Peter says, you're, You're God in the flesh. You are God who stepped out of heaven and took on flesh and the son of the living God. That's, you are God. In verse 17, Jesus answers, says, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. See, true saving faith in Jesus is the soul saying that Jesus is God in the flesh. That he is Lord. That He is Lord. See, see my fear is what, what we think or what has happened so often in the church is that, is that, is that uh, we think about this saving faith as, as a one-time thing that we do We're done. You no, know, we continue to walk in faith. We continue to pursue. We continue, we, we've made Him, see, we want a Savior, We want someone to rescue us and to redeem us and to pull us out of the pit of hell and to to set us free, but we don't want someone to tell us what to do or what not to do. We don't want standards and expectations. And, And that's not salvation. That's not true of faith. That's not true belief because you believe that He is the Son of God, and if He is the Son of God, all authority is His. So whatever He says goes. The standards that He set, the standard of holiness, the standard of how we uh, do and how we don't do and how we live, and the freedom is found in Him. He's not just our rescuer and our redeemer, but He is our Lord. That's what that faith looks like. That's what believing in who Jesus is, that's what we receive Jesus as, the Son of God, ruling and reigning. See, it's seeing and savoring Him as God in the flesh that has come to take our sin and to be our sacrifice and appease the wrath of a holy God. Understanding that and then submitting to that. So what is the soul act of receiving? What's the heart or the soul actually doing when it receives Christ? What, What does that mean there? So what it is is it's Receiving Jesus is the soul just drinking the living water. That's Jesus. Receiving Jesus is the soul eating the bread from heaven. That is Jesus. See, believing in Jesus in a saving way is like eating the best of foods and drinking the most satisfying uh, drink when you are desperately thirsty. It's you on the treadmill of life beat up, broken down, can't do it, can't go another mile, and, and the, the thing gets turned up a little more. So parched, you can't even lick your lips. And in that, what it is, is God holding out water. Satisfying water, and you drink and food to give you energy. See John six thirty five says this. Jesus said to them, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst." See, Jesus is eternally satisfying. He's satisfying bread and water, the two staples of life. That's that's what we see here in the scripture. We have to physically do this to live, and so it's the same thing spiritually. If you don't eat, if you don't drink, you die. If you don't eat and you don't drink Jesus, you die that's what he's saying. That's what salvation is. That's what faith is. That's what believing in Jesus Christ is. It's a continuation, a constant eating and drinking of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done. So the heart and the soul, the will, the affections of the soul is is taking in and being satisfied in all that Jesus Christ is. That's what faith is, church. That's what faith is. And my fear is that not many find that. My fear is that not many land there. My fear is, is that we look at Jesus here and there, especially when things get tough and we ask Him to do some things for us and after He's done some things for us, so we perceive then we kind of put Him up for a while. But there's never this active pursuit, that belief in who He is and what He's accomplished on the cross hasn't really affected or changed us outside of difficult times. I mean how how often did you think about Jesus this week? How often did you talk to him? How often did you spend time with him? How often how often did you do those type of things with Jesus this week? What do your affections for him look like? I mean, do you know how much ridiculous stuff I thought about this week? How much ridiculous stuff I chased after this week? I mean, 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 how often is it that, that your affections and your desires, our affections and our desires are fixed solely on I mean, I, I, was, I was talking to a lady this week. Like I said, I said, uh, we're supporting them. Um, the the uh, release time ministry here in Spartanburg and I was sitting in a board meeting and, and, and the lady was just talking a little bit about her mom. We, we open up with prayer every, every time and, the, uh, and she's just talking about her mom and, and how her mom would pray about everything. And she's like, I thought my mom was crazy. But we pull into Walmart. God, give us a parking spot. There it is. God, help us get a good deal. Boom, there's a deal. I mean, and she prayed, God, where do you want us to eat? She's like, dang it, mom, a cheeseburger's a cheeseburger. And she said, but, but what God was doing in those moments that I didn't realize was he was showing me. He, he was show, my mom, living her life like that, was showing me some stuff that she was eating and drinking. That she was eating and drinking from the place where her sustenance came in Jesus. That's dependency. Prayer is dependency. Prayer is, is lapping up and drinking in who Jesus is. It's showing you that Jesus, I need you. And I know that may be like Parkinson's, but, but, but she prayed about everything, Scott, is what she said. I mean, how often have you prayed this week? Not, not to mention, I mean, the, the Word, I mean, how, much have, how much time have you spent? What is your, what is your desires for well we got that fancy little thing on, on our on our phones now or iPads or whatever that gives us screen time stuff and it and it, and it tells us what we've looked at. If we did a Jesus check this morning. What what would what would the, the percentages be in your life? Because I'm just here to tell you that, that if Jesus isn't the primary one, then he, then he then your God is something else. Your heart and your desire is for something else. And, and the crazy thing is that we'll do is like we'll, we'll fight against it a little bit. But you just don't know how busy I am. Yes, I do. I've got three kids of my own. I, I try to pastor a church. I, I try to do other stuff. I have a wife. I, I have parents here. I have uh, a sister. I've, 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 yes, I've got meetings that I have to go to. I'm just as busy. I've got emails I've got to answer. I've got texts I try to get to. Yes, I get it. But on that day, many of you will say. On that day, many of you will say. Didn't I pray for my lunch and and dinner? God, I read my devotion like twice in three years. God, I kind of served in the church. No one asked me to do too much. Gosh, you know, those church folk, man, the churches will wear you out and Hang you up, leave you dripping wet. See, I think, I think the I think the problem is this: this gift. So we think it's a gift. See, we would all gravitate toward, and we'd all move toward the gift that we is nice and pretty. There's got to be something good in this gift. Right? I mean, look at how nice it was wrapped. You didn't even think I did it. I did it. Uh... All you got to do is jam some paper down in the top of the bag. It's super simple. I'll do a YouTube video later and everybody can... Anyways. But but, but we do that. But, but is that not how the world works? Is that, is that not how even like our unredeemed affections and desires work? Like, oh, man, that one... Butcher paper with duct tape. Who wraps a gift like that? This has got to be better. And so we just tear into it and we just love it and we go looking and we get to the bottom. And all it's got is a counterfeit dollar. But man, it looked good and it promised so much. And, And I've spent all my time and my affections and my longings and I've put all my faith in this this week. You can't even spin this. You can't, do, you can't do anything with it. I mean, but, but not this gift, because what this gift does is this kind of stuff. Man, it's been a rough week. Bro, I, I see you back there. Yeah. God, God's aware you, you love me and, and you're mine and you're believing in me and you're following me and walking in me. Dude, I, I saw that life was, was rough and, and you were serving and you give the shirt off your back. I saw that that you did that that you gave and you were hungry a little bit. Well, here I, I'm going to sustain you and keep you and give you some food. There's some gift cards, God. I, God I'm going to take. He's going to take care of us. That's what he's going to do. This does nothing but but leaves us empty and hoping. I mean, there's there's no cool shirts over here or gift cards anywhere. There's nothing, and you think because you've got uh, uh, the little the little cup and the little wafer and the the, the one dollar that, that can't go anywhere. That's better than that counterfeit crap, there, isn't it? But that's what we 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 believe the law, and we think because we tack this on from time to time that that's true faith, that that's real faith. And so I'm just, just going to put my cards on the table, and and I, I love you enough just to tell you the truth. It, and hear me. I'm not here to try to convince you one way or another because I'm not that good. I'm not the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to try to be, because you know whether or not you belong to Jesus, you know whether or not where your faith is placed. But I just, I just struggle to believe that there's many that do. I mean, have you not looked at the church today? Have you not looked at the world today? I mean, things seem to be slipping backwards. I mean, we have no impact, very little effect on. And and I really think, like, I think, I think you would say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I I believe in Him. I believe in Him as my Savior. But but what is that belief? What has that faith done in your life? Uh, What what has it accomplished? So so just hear me, if you are a moral church-attending person who has no affections or desires for Jesus, then you're probably not a, a believer in Christ. If you're his, there's going to be affection for. Even if it's a small, smoldering wick. I mean, I've, I've been there. I mean, and just to put my cards on, I mean, it's been a rough week for me. Like I feel dry, I feel worn out, I feel tired. It's been a long week. There's a lot of stuff that's been nipping at my heels that I've had to do, that I've had to be a part of, that i had to try to figure out, that I've had to, that has pulled me away from Jesus. So instead of walking to Jesus first and through Jesus accomplishing and doing, I, I, I get it, I'm with you. But hear me, in the Bible Belt, if you have no affection, desire, or wanting for Jesus and to be obedient to Him, but you're a good moral person who goes to church and you can remember a time when you were seven and you were baptized, I just want to challenge you with the fact that maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you're living out a moral pattern that was established for you. Because without affections and love for Jesus, it's counterfeit. It's counterfeit. And those affections and love for Jesus draws us to him. Draws us to him. That's what that faith looks like. Looks like. It's about your heart growing affections for Jesus. Not just knowing a bunch of stuff about him and trying to act out in certain ways. See, our affection for Jesus because of faith should be increasing. As we grow in our knowledge of Him, it should be increasing to be followers of Jesus, to be oh, one who is a believer means that there will be uh, this ever-growing affection that leads to glad obedience. And so if you're worn out or you're beat down, that doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. We've all been there. Maybe it means you just need to turn back to, you need to lean in on, you need to run after more. Because where there is Christian life, there will be affections that are growing. Ezekiel 19 teaches that we get a new heart. It's not conformity to a moral code, but a newness of life. It's that new birth that Jesus talks about that blows Nicodemus' mind. where well, you get a new heart. So as the band comes back up, for God so loved the world that he gave, this gift, this precious, precious gift, God so loved the world that he gave his son that whosoever whosoever from that world which we all were a part of at one point, one time and maybe still are and maybe this morning is the morning that you become one of the whomevers for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him where is your faith this morning? What does that look like? How has that affected? How has that changed you? What has the Holy Spirit done and accomplished in you? Because I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what God stirred in your heart. If you believe the counterfeit or if you got the real thing. Pete, I see you back there, Bo. It gets gets tough, dude. I'm I'm with you. Serving and loving Jesus and walking after Him and getting kicked around a little bit. Stuff like that happens. Don't you worry about it? He, I got you. That's what that's what the Lord says. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get you, to take care of you. And in those times when you need him, he's gonna do that. Supplies what you need, maybe not what you want, but what you need. And maybe in that moment, what you need is a shirt or a little gift card or a little hug or just somebody sending you a text. Hey, I am praying for you, putting their arm around you. It's crazy how God works in that. How God does. So I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know where your faith is at. I don't know where you've placed that faith. man. I I pray that, that if you're not his this morning that he'll awaken in you this reality of your need for him. This reality to come and eat and drink. The invitation's been given. And it's not some old preacher who stands up here and says, but it's the Holy Spirit who steps in and says, I want you. Quit playing games. Quit acting something that you're not. Just surrender and believe and give in. And I don't know why, but I just, just want to say this. I don't care how long you've been in church. You thinking that you're something that you're not because you've been in a church for 15 years is a horrific reason to go to hell, is it not? And, and if there be one here that doesn't know Jesus and you've come here for years and years and years and you said, I've, I've never stepped out into faith. What, what you're talking about today, Scott, what that looks like, today, I've never done that. What will they think? Who cares what they think? Because I'm going to tell you right now what we're going to think. We're going to celebrate like we've never celebrated before because one's crossed from death to life. So don't don't you sit here in this place this morning, God wooing you and drawing you and, and, and saying, come on and be mine. And you sit there in that chair and you leave this place not knowing him as Lord and Savior because of your fear of what somebody will think. I will kick their tail if I find out otherwise. And I'm not a fighter, but I can, I can I've got some guys in here that are, and we'll take them. But no, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't know what God's stirred in your heart as a result of what we look at as... Maybe one of the most simplest verses or kiddy little verses or just a verse that we can just spew off. But man, the words and the weight of the reality of what that means and looks like and what believing in Jesus Christ means. true Son of God who's taken our sin and our shame upon Himself and went to that cross and died. Three days later, defeating death and raising from the grave to rule and reign at the right hand of the Father. That's what we believe when we walk in. Not my good works, not my good deeds, not what I can do, but what Jesus has done and accomplished. And by faith, I enter a relationship with God through the Son. So whatever God leads you in this morning, this altar is open. We're going to partake of communion here shortly. I think, man, what a better way to do that, to celebrate Mother's Day than saying, yes, we believe Jesus Christ is who he says he is and he's accomplished and done everything that we've talked about this morning in this place. So if you need to come up here and you want to pray or you need to go talk to somebody or you need to make something right or you just need to know what it means to have a relationship with Jesus all the more, please, I beg of you, don't sit there. You be obedient to the Lord's leading. Father, help us this morning in this place. Father, after you. God, I pray that you save the lost. God, that your word would ignite, that your gospel would ignite this morning the reality of their need for you and in faith they would enter into a relationship with your son Jesus. Thus being forgiven. God, move and speak in this place this morning. So we pray. Amen.